Ramchal continues with the whole purpose of creation. So he says, that in order for the Torah to be good, perfect, that the one therefore who will actually receive this Torah, this good, he should be the owner of that good. Now what that means, that means is that he should actually be what? What's an owner? He should be one who acquired it, okay? That he caused this type. You know, ownership doesn't necessarily mean the concept, but what he says here, Perish, You know, there are many things that we are born with, we never acquired it. It's not due to our cause, we didn't do anything for it. We just have it, people are born. You know, they have their attributes, their characteristics, they're born with that. They're lucky, you know, genetics, whatever, and so on, you know. But it can never be said that they acquired it in, the, in and of themselves. It's something which is associated with their, what's called bimikra, by chance. It's associated with them, you know. So what, like learning and well, getting the intelligence and acquired those? No, an intelligence. Some people are very intelligent when they're born. I'm saying, well, what do you mean by acquiring faith? Well, you, you don't, we, we do not acquire our characteristics in many ways. We are born with a certain temperament. Yeah, which we worked on a meter, that means acquiring faith? Where? When we, is, what is he talking about? What, what, what do you mean that he's kind of tight? What's the That he acquires it. means he expends efforts. Oh, you put an effort together. Yeah, get and as a result of that, he's got it. There are a bunch of gives him more knowledge and more chachmah. Yeah. Whatever. Or better need this or something. Yeah, so there's two ways. If something, if somebody is in a situation, you have two reasons why he's in that situation. Situation, right? Either it just happened to happen to him, right. not because he did anything, yeah. or he expended efforts to acquire that. Right. And therefore, he's got it. And that's real perfect, you're saying. Well, that's In other words, that whatever he has is, not a, is associated with him, not the mikra, by accident or by chance, but what he called, but the avoido, he actually caused that to happen to him, yeah. or he's responsible, and so on. <clears throat> if somebody becomes, let's say, uh, does a good deal, and he, and he makes a profit. Yeah, if somebody becomes a Talmud Chacham, it's because he sat and learned, right. because he, he grew up, and he was born being a Talmud Chacham. There are two reasons why a person will have specific attributes or characteristics, right? One or the, one, one or the other. So what the, what the Rebunisham wants is if he creates an Oilam Habo first, or rather only, without an Oilam Hazed, without this world, there's a future world, and then this guy all of a sudden he's created, and he finds himself in this unbelievable situation. 
which is this infinite good, infinite bliss, and so on. So he's receiving this. I didn't do anything for this. You know, it's great. It's great, great to be in. The only people who can have Oilam Haba are people who went through Oilam Haza. Yes, that's right. That's there's no Nubrius. No, the only once ones, Haba starts. Yeah, there's the only ones who are Bimikre are the Malachim. They're the only ones who receive because they, there's a tremendous amount of know being in the presence of God and the Bershim is in Scala is revealed. So they have this. They're not the Baratayv. They are not the ones who acquire this through their own efforts. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? But all other beings than the Shamas that are someday inhabit the human body, all of them, the only reason why they get to Ilum Haba is if they have something to do with what they are in. And that is they have to be co- they have to cause it or they have to be responsible for it in some way. So they could say, well, the reason why I have this is because I expended efforts to do it. You see, it's, in other words, I actually contributed or caused it or responsible for it. That's what he said. So what the Russian decided is that the only way to get Oedem Habo, as in a Shema, in a body, so to speak, is you've got to do something to cause that which will happen to you. You need to cause it. It will not happen to you by accident. That's a very, very important condition. So, a situation that I can close. Had a big ashwami. Yeah. Um, someone I used to go to share to. He, he was born with a child who was not functional. Go ahead, yeah. Not functional. And eventually put into a nursing home. The child. She, the child. Yeah. And she lived to be 33 years old. And then she was... And she lived to be 33 years old? Yeah. Yeah. But she was never, they tried to pull okay, the age of two or three to make a function. <coughs> What's her, what, she doesn't put it, she never put any effort into anything. Well, she, what it was. Well, it was a gilgul from a different genre. Yes, what, yeah, is that what you, yeah, yeah. So you you have to say that. What's happening to her now is not related or connected to anything she did. A three-year-old kid that dies. I'm so this okay. is a cheshman, okay, but I'm saying He's there's no scar for that, for so, something like that in this person. Is a Gilgal previously? You have to say it was a Gilgal. She has to come back. Is it one person capable doing effort? Yeah, it's not. You know, yeah, it's yeah. This type of life, from some forth tragic actually, is an individual whose sole purpose basically is to come back and atone for what she did or whoever you know he or she did in a previous life. There is no other explanation really. You know, uh, that's one of the proof of Gilgulim. Because if the Bershom is a mishpat, if the Bershom is fair and just, I mean, how many kids are in children's hospitals? Infants suffering so on, I mean, what do they do, you know? So obviously it has to be, it has to refer back to some other time when they lived and therefore they suffered, obviously. Yeah. So what he's saying now, which is very important, is that Ulam Hapo depends on your actions, period. Now, in order for that to happen, as we will see, you have to have free will. You know what I'm saying? Fine. It depends on my efforts. But what happens if the efforts are compelled? There's no free will behind it, right? So we're back to the same idea. Well, you didn't do it because you wanted to do it. You're not a cause. Whoever compelled you is the cause. That doesn't make any sense. So therefore, clearly this necessitates certain ideas. One of them is free will. What is free will? What does it really mean? I'm getting into the whole idea. Free will simply means that 
the decision to act is not is yours. The Boshim did not plant any idea, any decision on your part. It somehow you created the decision out of nowhere without any input from the Rabbanishan. God has no input into your decision. Once the decision to act is made, then he may stop you from doing it. And it, the actual action itself is up to him. Right. But the decisions to the do it, right, is purely up to you. Someone says that if you want to blame it on your prior, you know, like what all the psychologists say, because his upbringing, his background and everything, says, but actually that decision is still your choice. When the, when the, in other words, you could say that I, it was my fault and I killed him because I did something. No, I know. Well, it's your decision. You still have to make that decision at the final point. Of course, yeah. And that decision is uncompelled. Different levels of decision, depending on what the guy's background is. But yes, well, yeah, whatever his motives are and so on. Yeah. Are there different degrees? Like, let's say it's through classical conditioning. A man steals three times, gets arrested, goes to jail three times. On that reason, from an outside force, he decides not to steal the fourth time. It's his decision. He's afraid of the punishment. Not Fine, that. that's okay. That's valid. Whatever his incentives to decide a certain way. His yeah, obviously we're not having anybody else. Whatever his reasons for his decision, does make a difference. He still has to decide what to do, you know, and so on. So if, if his incentive is negative, you know, that's how all of a sudden he has a tremendous urge you know, taiva. It's still your decision. You know, you can combat the taiva or you can give into it. It's still your decision. But the essential idea that Ramchal is saying is that you need to decide freely and therefore you are considered a cause exactly of your future situation. That's a very important what's called caveat or condition. Why is that so important? Because there's a risk. What happens if, if once you have to decide, once Ulam Haba is up to you Right? What happens if you fail? It's a risk. What happens if you fail? And you, and you all of a sudden, you know, you decide or you decide to, let's say, sin, whatever. So what does that mean? You failed. I mean, it's a risk. So it's true, obviously, what we mentioned is that there's no nomadic sufa because you are responsible for the decision you make. So there's no embarrassment. There's no bread of shame, as we said. Right? But still, it's a risk. So one can always ask, you know, it would be interesting to ask a person, well, would you rather have an infinite bliss eternally, which is really what Ilm Habu is all about. However, there's one of two ways. Either you can go, I'll send you down to earth, and you've got to go through all kinds of trials and tribulations, right? And in the end, if you choose well, you get Ilm Habu, so what's the, what, what, so what? And the answer is, I get Ilm Habu, it's purely as a result of my input, effort which means that I'm no longer embarrassed to receive something from nothing, especially eternally. Or, would you rather be born, you know, in Oymahabo, and you just, you know, you're, you're on the receiving end. I think, I think most people would say that. Yeah. I, yeah. They'd rather win the lottery than be finished. Yeah, you know, I, 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 the guy can say, listen, I'll, I'll deal with the embarrassment. <laughs> just give me the goodies. <laughs> you know, I'm, so the real question is, you know, like, that's why, ultimately speaking, you know, it's a mystery, you know. I mean, I, I, I think, personally think, that most people would say, okay, I mean, I'd rather, it's nice to, input, to do efforts and so on. You, you're right, you know. But listen, there's an incredible risk. You know, not only is there a risk if I ever will get a little the risk is also how much will I get. 
You know, maybe a guy's going to get Oilem Habo. He's a member. He's in the club. He gets Oilem Habo. But, uh, okay, you get half. But I only tell you some half is beyond belief anyway. You know what I'm saying? But, so there's a risk in getting Oilem Habo, since you need to cause your own situation, Oilem Habo. And there's a risk in how much, and so on. Besides the fact that as part of the risk, if I don't do it, and even the bunch, if I you know, do the wrong things and then I have to atone, there's all kinds of suffering involved, you know, all that kind of stuff. I would imagine that most people would vote, just give me the good stuff and forget about the, the cause, so I won't be the Baba Teva host, or what? That's why it says in Pirkeovus, Akocha to Neulad. Because maybe if he asked you, you would have said, no, no, I don't want this, I want freebies. Don't give me this work business, I want freebies, you know? So, Bershom, Akocha to Neulad means what? It doesn't say which means that you don't have to force a guy to exist and have Ulam Haba for the rest of the eternity. But you do have to force a guy probably to say, okay, I'm willing to take the risk in order to what? To cause my Ulam Haba. And as long as, you know, and therefore I will be the responsible party and I will not in any way experience any feelings of lack of self-worth lack of embarrassment, you know, and so on, you know, all, all the feelings that come with just being on the receiving end all the time. Maybe that's why it says akorcha, because most people do not choose that. But anyway, so that's a tremendous risk. But the Russian decided that. So obviously that's a major, major decision. I mean, we look around the world today. How many people are getting on the mob anyway? Well, you look around today, there's seven billion people on this planet. In the year 2013, right? How many people are getting Oilam Habo? They all muffed up, as they say. You know, <coughs> they bombed. You, you know what I mean? So you, yeah, you show it to a guy, you know, imagine you walk over to, let's say, you know, let's say, uh, Hitler, Machinoy, you know, and say, there's no Oilam Habo, you know? So he would have clearly had chosen, you know, just give me this thing. And, I mean, you know, I'm, but you look around today, there's an enormous amount of evil today. You know, and uh, how many guys get Oilam Habo, really? You know, a lot of guys miss the boat. So they clearly would have preferred to get Oilam Habo, you know, uh, and, and not be responsible for it. Well, it's too bad, as they said, you know. Um, you know, what is it, you know, the Russian calls the shots. And that's what he decided. That's his rules of the game, you know, game plan, game rules and so on. So in, in a certain sense, you know, that, that's bothersome. That if you look in the totality of all the human beings that ever lived in mankind, you know, we have seven billion today, and you go back all the totality, come on, billions and billions and billions, tens of billions of people that have lived over the centuries, over the millennium, you know, how many of them get out of harbor, really? So was it worth it just for the few guys or whatever, relatively speaking? You wonder, with those guys who get out of harbor at whatever level, you know, you know, most people don't. Whatever was it worth this the, the whole con, con, it's a kind of contest. You know, you gotta you know you gotta, you know, you gotta do your thing to get the reward and so on. You know, there's, there's a lot it, it, it's, see, it's a lot of difficulties. See what happened with me? What? Not Osaku Yeah. The whole everybody. Well no 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 Osaku no no doesn't mean you took all the reward. Doesn't mean no. You have to understand what that means. Not Osaku means that he is responsible for bringing the reward to everybody, but they can still get reward based on their acts. But what he does is Avraham Avinu becomes the only one who can rectify creation. 
So he took all the capacity to receive the reward of mankind. He's the one who will decide what amount of reward there will be. You see. But let's say they're going, you know, who are very good, they're righteous, you know. There are many going that are righteous and so on and so forth. And the Bansha will give them a little mabba. But they can't bring it. The Jews are the only ones who do the tikkun, which is the rectification of creation, and therefore creation is rectified, and Ulam Haba begins. You see what I'm saying? But they can still get it based on the acts of the Jews. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that they don't get any reward, no. But when you look at all the people that ever lived, yeah, I'd love to hear that statistic from the Varsham of every Nishama you created. Right? What's the percentage that gets Oilam Habo? What's the percentage that gets into Oilam Habo? I'm not even asking how many really get a decent... Everybody gets a decent level. Because Oilam Habo is a place that the, 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 the magnitude <coughs> of the Hanor, the pleasure and the bliss is beyond comprehension for the lowest level. Forget about the highest level, you see, you know. But the real question is, you know, how many people get it? It's a good question, you know. So, and the question then is, for all those people that don't get it, they clearly would have preferred <laughs> that this should not be the condition, you know. So was it worth, for those people who get in to Ilm Habo, right, and they get in without a Nam Sufa, without any type of shame, was that worth it, that whole scenario worth it? Meanwhile, there's billions of people of people that are gone, they get nothing, which means that they're annihilated. There's no such thing as outside of Ulam Habo. There's nothing going on outside of Ulam Habo. Wait, 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 which is important to know. There is, as they say, there is no other show in town besides Ulam Habo once Ulam Habo starts. That means even Gehenim ends. You know, once Ulam Habo begins, there is no such thing as Gehenim. It's over. There's no such thing as Kapora. Everything has already been decided, it's been done, and now here comes, you know, you know, utopia, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the question in many, many ways, you know. Um, was, it worth, was, was this whole program worth it for those people? Uh, obviously the Bosham decided it is worth it. And that's why he did it. You know, I'm sure he took that into account. Ultimately, we don't understand really why we have to go through this. You know? Anyway, but the Ramchal tries to talk about that. A quick question. Yeah. I don't know how valid it is. Somewhere a long time ago, I read that the Baal Shem Tov had a dream. <clears throat> and he saw Neshamas going up and down. Yeah. And he said that, from what he saw, that if Hashem saw the slightest remorse whatsoever, they were in. That was... <coughs> yeah, remorse. okay, but the, but, the remorse, but the remorse is his decision. It's still his decision. The, 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 of, the person. Oh, okay. It's his his decision to regret what he did, and therefore he feels remorseful. You decided that's a schus, that's a merit. You're in at whatever level. Is there something said that when someone's that close to seeing the bonusual right in front of them, they're still rebellious? They don't surrender. They don't negate themselves. Well, that's that, that's what we're showing. Even if one of the again, I mean, along with you. You take your meters with you to Yanagon. Well. Some part of this, some of the time, but anyway, uh, so, okay. So that, that's what it says. Now, Batira, so he's got to explain. Well, why do you have to be a Balatayvalu? You know, why does it have to be there for you because you earned it or you expended effort? That this is called a resemblance. 
Why? And he says, in other words, what the Bosham wants is you need to resemble me. What does that mean? Okay. The Bosham is perfect. Why? Not the Mikveh. The Bosham's perfection flows from himself. It's in a certain sense like he causes himself. He, he is the cause of his own perfection, whatever that means. You know what I'm saying? It's not because the Russian woke up one day and says, wow, I'm a perfect being. You know, he wasn't created by anything. He always was, always will be, right, and is, right? So the Russian's perfection isn't something that he just happens to have. But he, the reason why he has his perfection is because perfection in God is absolutely necessary, which means it's compelled. Still, the Russian is a being where his perfection is compelled, that he's compelled to be perfect. Not by somebody else, but by his own being. His own being compels that perfection. And also, all the negations of chesroniness or deficiencies. Remember, God has no limits, no deficiencies at all, and no dependencies. He's not limited in any way, right? He's not chosa anything, he's not deficient anything, you know what I'm saying? And he's not dependent on any other thing other than himself. So God causes his own perfection, so to speak, because that's who he is, okay? So therefore, he wants you to resemble that, you see, where you have to cause whatever your situation is. So therefore, the resemblance is what? Is that if you do what he wants, right? And that's up to you. You've caused your own perfection. That's what he wants. The dimyan, the damas loy means to, he wants to resemble him in a certain sense, to be godlike. <coughs> that's really what it means. A being that can cause, is a true cause of its own perfection, is godlike. Even if, in the end, Oilam Haba, we receive Oilam Haba, obviously. But a person can say, well, the only reason why I'm receiving Oilam Haba at all is because I expended the effort. Even though the constant state of receivership is purely Bimikra. I don't do anything. God has given me anything, everything. I didn't do a thing. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, ah, this is what the Ramchal says. Now that is, in certain ways, I, I've never seen anybody explain, why do we have to resemble him? That's so what? Like, what does that mean we have to resemble him? Why is that necessary? Ramchal doesn't mention Namik Sufa here at all, which is interesting. See, he mentions a concept called resemblance, that you have to be godlike, which means that you have to be a true cause of your own situation or matzav. That's godlike. Because God causes his own perfection, you need to cause your own perfection also. Now, I had explained some of the ideas as a result of Namadik Sufa, Bread of Shem, in a previous year, you know. Because, you know, if you remember that previous year. But in any case, but that a person, just for the purposes of resembling God, why? I'm okay if I don't resemble God. Because anyway, 99.99% is not a resemblance anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because the whole concept of receivership or receptivity 
of, of the hashpor of God is all reception anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's because we are depending on God totally. It's not, that, that in itself is not clear. Okay. Why Dimian is so critical? What? But if, if, if in a certain sense, the Rebbein is the essence of Midas, Midas, perfect Midas. Well, he's perfect. He's, perfect. Well, prefer, he's a perfect, but in the realm of Yud Gimel Midas, whatever you want to call that. Yes. In Anava, in, in, in Chesed, and all these type of things. So, wouldn't the kicking that we have to do would be to emulate the Rebbein because that's what his perfection is? Say again? Wouldn't the ticking be to be, to, 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 to go, you know, the Lalach the Bedrach, if you want to call it, to go to his way? Because that's basically what his essence is. In the... yeah, but why is that a necessity to resemble him? How do you connect the two? That As it's necessary to, to resemble him and then Right? Then you get your Ilum Mahabha. What, what, and what would be the other what would be the other choice? Not to resemble him, but just give me everything without doing anything. No effort. Why would you why would but for what purpose? For what purpose of what? Would he give you all this stuff? That's his will. You don't know why. His Ratsan is to be native. That's his will. But you know? isn't his derech the, 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 the ultimate toyf? It is. So you should you to get toyf you have to do what Toiv is. Yeah, but the question is, how does resemblance, what does that have to do with Toiv? Resemblance, if A and B resemble each other, so what? So therefore, A and B, uh, you know, well, you need to tell me someone is a Russia, he could have, he could, he could be Zosheth to Toiv? He's the opposite of Toiv. No, no, you understand. What I, we're talking about, the question is this, <clears throat> why do we have to resemble the Rebbeinu together with the Mahabha? That's the question. What does resemblance do for me? Now, the resemblance itself is Balatoyev. You need to be the true cause, right? That's the resemblance. And just like God is a true cause, this person is a true cause, right? But the question is, so what? The Ramchal does not talk about Namalik Sufra. He mentions the concept called resemblance. So the question is, what is the connection of resemblance to Ilam Habo? Why? I don't, what, what's the connection here? Why do you need A to get B? If, if, if I have a machine, it's, it's the only way I can operate that machine... His desire is that you have A. I'm saying if I have a machine, the only way I can operate that machine is because I have a hand with five digits on it. Yes, but that's so the So I can't have any shyness to the machine unless I have the hand that can operate that machine. Otherwise, yes, it's a worthless machine. Yes, but in that case, we see the connection. Your hand, right? Your hand is the only instrumentation that you can use to work that machine. But God, I'm not a hand, you can't do it. Me, this, that's like the hand. No, but you're not explaining why is that a hand. We know that. We know that's the condition. But why, but why is it? What's the connection? Why is this? Why do I have to resemble God to get Ilam Habo? What does it do for me? Is why Hashem, is that necessary? This is the question. Is Hashem the only standard for what is So if you say Namdik Sufo, so we understand, you know, because if we don't have, if we're not the true cause, then we have this tremendous feeling, existential state of unbelievable embarrassment, embarrassment unworthiness, 
etc. Inferiority, everything goes with it. So I understand the connection. But what does Dimian have to do with this? What I have to resemble God for? You know, I mean, if, you, if, if I, you know, you understand the, what's the connection? Is that is the only standard between A and B. That's all. So how do you understand that? I don't. It's something which is Ramchal doesn't. He he goes into elaborates on the concept of dimyan. You know, as a principle in and of itself, but he doesn't say why does why does it have to be a dimyan? Okay, I'll resemble God. If I don't resemble God, I'll, you know, I'll be glad to take the check without to be resembling God. You know what I'm saying? Why is that so necessary? But maybe it wouldn't be tsukipast, it wouldn't be appropriate. What makes it inappropriate? People who get welfare checks, do they have to resemble the guy, give, the, 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 the guy giving them the welfare check? The guy has to do, the guy wins the lottery, does he have to resemble the guy giving the money? What does resemblance have to do with this? You know, if you talk about Namnik Suf as a principle, fine. But the Ramchal is not talking about Namnik Suf, he doesn't mention Namnik Suf here. He does mention it in the Das Tunis. If God is does. perfect. But here he doesn't, you see, which is interesting. It's a different concept. If God is perfect and complete, then any good that we resemble by default is, gonna, is going to be a resemblance to God. If God is a complete well, containment yeah. of everything, then, then anything that we could do to strive to be good is... No, 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 no. He doesn't want you to resemble him except in one way. You need to be the true cause. I see. No, no, I, I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I exist, he exists, so I resemble him. No, that's, that's not what he's interested in. He wants you to be godlike, which means you have to be a true cause to your situation. That you are involved in the situation, not because you happen to be there, no. Just like he is his own cause for his perfection, you need to be your own cause for perfection, which is that you are receiving unbelievable hashpah of God. You see, but the condition for that is dimyan. Why does he want? Because then you resemble him. It's true, but so what? That's the that's the problem here. The problem is Ramchal does not mention here the concept of nam Sufa. He does mention it in Das Funus and so on, you know. But here he doesn't say the. But it's not fully elaborated here as to why this is critical. What's the connection? Anyway, so therefore the Ramchal says that because of this that he wants you to resemble him, right? He needs to create an Olam Habo. He needs to create a situation, which is a dimension, in which there, is, which there will be a necessity to expend effort. Well, you need to therefore, so therefore there are certain what's called ground rules that need to be developed. One, as we'll see, one. You need to have a place where there's a deficiency. Because if everything's perfect, you've got nothing to do. So what am I going to be a cause of? So you need to have a dimension, a situation, where there is some type of deficiency or lack or absence. Number one. Number two, the, the job then will be is to remove that deficiency. So we have a task, right? In order to, get, in order to be a cause of something, I need to have a task, which means I need to have something that has to be done, and I have to be able to do it. That's the second thing. Third thing, I have to have the wherewithal to do it. You tell me, how do I do it? Because I have the deficiency, right? I have the ability to fulfill or remove that deficiency, but I need the wherewithal, I need the instrument. Tell me how I'm to do it. That's number three. Number four, besides the fact that I have the deficiency 
and have the ability to remove that deficiency and have wherewithal, I need free will. Or else I'm not considered a real cause. So that's number four. Number five, well, okay, but what happens if I don't want to do anything? You know, I, I need to, you know, it's like either they're stuck in your deficiency and then they end up thinking. You need to have what's called drives. <clears throat> you see, you need to drive. You know what I'm saying? You need to be compelled to get into the arena and fight. A guy can say, I don't want to, don't bother me. I don't want to get into this arena. So what the Bajan does is he puts in you drives, urges. You, you know, there's no way you can get around that. You know, we all have an incredible amount of urges. It's called the eight Saharas, by the way, right? You know, and so on. That's what I'm referring to. Why is there a Yate Sahara? As a Yate Sahara. I'm not talking about his other jobs, as a Malchamavis and, and the Katri, the prosecutor and so on. I'm talking about the, why do we have a Yate Sahara? Well, forget, what is the Yate Sahara? You know, the Yate Sahara is fundamentally drives. You know, and therefore, why do we have drives? We have all kinds of drives that force us or compel us to interact with the world to satisfy those drives. Why do we have drives? We have needs. Needs leads to drives. For instance, we need food, so what's the drive? Hunger. Why do we have hunger? Because we have a need to eat. You don't eat, you die, right? That hunger is a drive that fulfills the need called Survival. No, that's why we survive, but food, eating. What's the drive to drink? Thirst. You know, all kinds of drive. What's the drive, you know, or sleep, it's a drive, but, and so on and so forth. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, uh, sexual drive and so on, because he wants to reproduce. I mean, if that wasn't the case, nobody would do anything, you know? You have to be driven, and so on. The only thing is we have free will. You know, animals have no free will, they just go about it and that's it. They don't free will, they don't decide. You know, and yeah, thank God they only, it's, you know, they have what per- periods of where they have tremendous needs, reproductive needs, fine. But in any case, so therefore, that, therefore we need drives or else we avoid the entire conflict here or contest. You see, so there's certain things that are critical, necessary. So that's what Ramchal is saying. Why is this all this necessary? Because we need to have a dimension called work, effort. Task. That's why all of this now becomes necessary. You see. So therefore, the Moshe created a place that is nyonish lemus and chesar, deficiencies and the ability to remove those deficiencies. You know. Obviously, he creates us with the ability to interact between these nyon and bishover. There has to be. I can either fulfill or not fulfill, and just allow the deficiency to remain. You know. So, what the, uh, the, so therefore, the person who uh, you know and, uh, is who's in between this now has the ability to do what to you know actually engage in this whole uh, contest. You see, <clears throat> and then obviously, if the person does that, he will resemble God. You resemble God, you now can get Olim Habo. So again, what's missing here is the connection. Ramchal doesn't really explain it, okay? So if someone has a drive to acquire things here on, in Olam Hazer, and somebody has drives to acquire things in Olam Haba, how do they that differ from each other? One just wants a more ethereal reward. So they can owe somebody what? If someone wants to spend their time acquiring in Olam Hazer, 
material comforts, possessions, yeah. but someone wants to strive for Olam Haba, yeah. I don't see that much of a difference because they both are striving. One just has a more ethereal, higher level. It's real like it's really chasing the carry, but it, not too no. No. Because the person has conditions. He wants you to expend the efforts that way, not that way. You know, in the end, the devotion calls the shots. He decides what he wants, you know. He wants us that we have to earn it, right? Now, what do we have to earn? We have to pursue spirituality and not materialism or physicality. He doesn't want it. And he's the one who calls the shots, so yeah. I mean, you know, most of mankind is in the pursuit of what? You know, happiness. Declaration of independence. Happiness. You know? And so on, you know. Um, but the, he doesn't want that. So it's not meaning the fact that we have to be a first cause. We have to be a first cause to pursue spirituality. What is spirituality? What is spiritual? Are, spirituality is one of the most abused terms. You know, there's other, there are terms that are abused in the English language. One of them is love. I love hamburgers. That guy says that? Excuse me. You really love hamburgers? I like hamburgers, but I don't love hamburgers. I love hamburgers. myself. That's why he yeah. hamburgers. Yeah, uh, but you know, I'm just I saying... I love when that happens. Yeah. Rupshaw used to always say, he says, if you, if you love the hamburger, you take the hamburger and give it a kiss. But you don't. <laughs> you buy it. Who said that? Rupshaw used to say that. Yeah, he's right. He'd give it a kiss. If you love fish, what's well, the fish I kill? Kush. No, that, that's an incredibly abused word, you know, you know. You know, one of the, what? Spiritual. Yeah, you'd appreciate that. You're the English. Yeah. There's another word that's incredibly abused. Spiritual. You walk over to ten people. What does it mean to be spiritual? And they will give you ten definitions. You know. So I'll tell you. You go over to one and say, "Well, spiritual means if I hear Beethoven's classic piece, like the fifth. Oh, spiritual. Is it spiritual? No. Transcending, I guess. What, what transcend what? It's really ordinary. It's, it's an emotional experience right. that you are listening to Beethoven's Fifth, you know, and the brain is sensitive to harmony, counterbalance, all this kind of stuff. We don't really understand how, but there's a certain sensitivity that the brain hears and it elicits certain pleasurable emotional experiences. That's not spiritual. No, it's musical. It's uh, you know that's uh, music appreciation. But you know, people say that. There's so many people, you know, you know, or uh, you know, uh, I'm looking at a beautiful mountain. You know, let's see, look at the, you know, such a spiritual experience. It's not spiritual. Clearly, there's a sensitivity to nature and its awesomeness. What we really sensitive is the awesomeness of nature. You know, you look at the you look at the Himalayas. You know, wow. You know, I mean, some guys don't even care about that. But, you know, is it spiritual? No. You know, this merely means that you are receptive and sensitive to specific types of sensory input, and that elicits to you certain emotions, and, and so on. That's all it is. What does spirituality really mean? You know, that, that, that is such a hackneyed word, it's beyond belief. You know, I will tell you what spirituality really is. It's a tremendous mistake. Okay. A great deal of the experiences that people have is not spiritual. It's emotional, like I just explained. You know, different kind of emotional situations and so on. That's not spiritual. You know, so then what is spiritual? 
Okay, there's a practice called yoga, you know, which, and they, they of course, espouse a meditative state. What is a meditative state, really? I'm not talking about how to get into what is meditation. Meditative state is where you, in a certain sense, separate from the physical. But they make a tremendous mistake, you know. They think if you separate from the physical, you are spiritual, which is, I can understand why they think that, you know. They, they, they talk about samadhi, you know, samadhi, which is an incredible state of experience, you know, where the, where the self is so contained within itself that it actually separates from the physical world without getting into it and so on, right? But is that spiritual? No. Samadhi, which is the ability to be in a meditative state, which is the ability to be in a state where you lose, you do not sense anything, you know, all your sensories are shut, you don't think, you don't feel. It's a state where you almost separate from your physical body afterwards, even though you're still in it, you know. That's not, that's not spiritual, that is mental. It's a mental state. That's what meditation leads you to. The concept of a mental state, not a spiritual state. That's the mistake they make. So when a yogi gets down there and meditates, you know, or what, whatever and so on, and he's able to achieve certain meditative states, you know, that means he's able to divorce his sense of self from the physical, where he doesn't feel, doesn't think, you know, doesn't sense anything. He's, he's completely, his ego is completely divorced from the physical. Okay, that's a mental state. See, a mental state is not spiritual. That's the confusion that they make. What is spiritual then? It's a tap into self happen to spiritual phenomenon and experience them. That's ruchnias. You see, for instance, Navua is spiritual. Why? Because the Novi tapped into the Shrina, literally. He was able to, through what he did, he tapped into the divine presence itself and he created a connection and he was able to feel whatever the divine presence exudes, gives off. It's like the sun gives off its rays. When you're in the presence of the Shrina, you feel something. You know, enormous, incredible Hanor pleasure, right? They're able to tap into that pleasure, you see, and that's spiritual. But the, the, the ability to leave the body, so to speak, or to divorce itself from the physical reality isn't spiritual, it's mental. That's the great mistake the religions of the East make. They do not have spiritual experiences, but they do have mental experiences, and some of them are incredible, you know, for those who can do that. What about psychic abilities? No, psychic has nothing to do with that. Precognitions? No, no, that's, that's an attribute of the mind, if it exists at so all. So how, how do we attach to spirituality? Oh, that's a good question. Now you ask, how do you get spiritual, as opposed to how do you get... Learning a swar in Gemara? Is that spirituality, is that mental? Well, that's a good question. It's so sad. You know, one could look at the fact that you learn Torah, you feel something, you know, but if you're in physics, you also feel something. Yeah. I mean, when Einstein thought of his theory of relativity, whether it be special theory or the general theory, I thought he went wild. I'm sure he went wild. The discovery of a truth, especially if it's profound, it's called the Eureka phenomena, you know. They say Archimedes, when they discovered the, kind of, the principle of buoyancy, <coughs> you know, he was in a bathtub or something like that. He, when he realized the principle that 
that water can hold you up and it displaces its own weight, whatever, and so on and so forth. They say he was so he went so wild, he just jumped out of the bathtub and left his feet naked. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's called the Eureka moment. <laughs> Unbelievable! What is that? People feel that, and they're not running terror. You know? Right. A guy has an incredible idea of how to make a million dollars. He will have a eureka moment. Especially if nobody else has thought about it. You know? He goes wild. He's like, I can't believe what I just thought. Is that spiritual? Of course not. The intellect, when a person has a realization of something, you know, and he's able to realize something that is of enormous benefit to him, in whatever way, he will have an emotional experience called Eureka. Is that spiritual? No. So we would say, well, a guy learns Torah and he figures out a Tashmas, or he just figured out a beautiful shot that explains, you know, uh, you know, five to nine or whatever, or he just figure out an incredible shot between the Rajbah and the Ramam and how everything is Miyushiv, how everything is solved, he will have his Eureka moment. But is that Ruchni? Or is that uh, the experience that you feel when you have achieved something which has an enormous value to you? You know, guy sitting in Terah, you know, he has, this is enormous value. So if he figured out something, you know, penetrating, he will have that Eureka moment. Is that Ruchnius? One can argue no. It's Kedusha, it's Kedusha spiritual. However, yes. it is Ruchnius. <coughs> Why? These are a bunch of... Puts. Because, see, that's the interesting th- a new idea. You know, it is Ruchni's why? Because his neshama experiences something which he is not conscious of, really. Then some of the neshama achieves a certain shlemas or perfection in a certain area, you see. And that is Ruchni's. If you think of physics, not Ruchni's, because nothing happens between you, wait, between you and the upper dimensions or the spiritual dimensions. Whereas when you learn Torah, you can have your Eureka moments, and people have that all the time. But is the experiencing itself spiritual? Probably not. But clearly it's a spiritual experience because the Neshama is enlivened. Now, somebody can argue, well, there's got to be something experientially that's spiritual. You know, I'm okay with that. But you have to differentiate the joy the ecstasy, the exhilaration that comes from somebody who just figured out something that can benefit him enormously. You know, I can easily explain it from that basis, you see. But other than that, nothing else happens. But whereas you learn Torah, there is a true ruchnistic experience happening. But are you conscious of it? No. The only time you are really conscious of true spirituality I think, is if you are a Novi, that's it. You are experiencing Ruchnius truly, you know, and maybe also Tefillah. Because Tefillah gives you the ability to be Dovah in your Barashlam. Okay. Maybe also if you're in a state of Vegas, also. If you're in a true state of Vegas. Can it go also down? Well, that, that, again, that's a question. There are going who. They pray. They yeah, they are righteous going. They are going to work on a boy. Yeah, not many, but they are going, you know, and so on and so forth. And, you know, they are true. I've them in their whatever their nonsense they believe in. 
unfortunately, and so on. So they experience tvekas. They are going to experience tvekas, but to their guys. That's not ruchnius. That's not ruchnius, no. Because nothing is happening to their neshama. There are going over the thousands of years of mankind's history that have experienced incredible moments, you know, religious moments, spiritual moments, and so on, even though they're going. <coughs> but there's no ruchnius to get there. It's basically a spiritual, a, a, excuse me, an emotional experience of ecstasy as a result of the fact that they have achieved an enormous benefit of something which is incredibly valuable to them. The only thing that will give you a Ruchnis experience is either Nevoah, and that's direct, or indirect, which is Mitzvah's Torah, because it does something to your Neshama. So you only see the result, but you don't see the... The, the you don't experience anything. You don't experience the actual result, but you can see the result. You don't, well, that's the question. Well, you're, you're more elevated. I mean, yeah, so maybe it has to be a question. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are things that will happen because automatically you'll be closer to the <clears throat> So therefore, you may get greater hasogas, as you put it, you know, greater thoughts, greater insights, you know, more opportunities, etc., etc. But can they be described as ruchnius, true spirituality? I'm sure there are people that will disagree with me, you know, that's okay, you know, but people have to differentiate between a eureka moment, ecstasy, exhilaration, and joy, intense joy from that experience, which people can have. People have had that, to, you know, and so on. To somebody who does a mitzvah and feels fabulous, yeah, because he did something that has enormous value, and he was successful. So therefore, it's not clear. It's clearly ruchnius spirituality, but is the experience itself a normal experience that people achieve in doing many other things, or is the experience itself spiritual? You know, I have to be debated. A woman, anyway, a woman giving birth with the mother instinct to preserve the child. Yes. Do they experience something that's spiritual, or is that instinct a whole different category or something? In giving birth or looking at the child that she just gave birth, birth to? Giving birth, and then that a mother will try to preserve the, the child's No, that's, that's, that's a drive. That's a drive. That's an inborn drive. And then finally, with parakshira, are animals, if it's, is it alluding to the fact that animals may have a sense of uh, creatures of uh, a spiritual... Uh, well, awareness about the universe, the Bria and everything. And again, if you're tapped into the spiritual dimension, if you're tapped into that, then it's Ruchmias. If you're tapped into the non-physical, it's mental. You see? I mean, How do we know mental phenomena? Radio wave. When was the last time you heard a radio wave? You can't. You need a receiver. A radio wave is right, is a physical experience, yet we do not, you know, That's going crazy. through this room, you have any idea what goes through this so room? Mean, I mean, billions of radio transmissions, all kinds of stuff, satellite transmission. We don't see any of this. You know, if, we ever, if these things ever became visible, I think we'd all faint. The amount of, ra- you know, radio waves, x-rays, gamma rays, cosmic rays, you know, it's all going through this room. Thank God we don't experience anything of this, you know? So would we say it's spiritual? Of course not. Not as it's spiritual. It's just invisible, but it's not spiritual. See? So therefore, I'm differentiating. There's physical experiences, there are mental experiences, and there are spiritual experiences. 
And all the religions of the East have nothing to do with spirituality because it does not tap into any kind of spiritual dimension. But it does it's, tap into mental. Well, isn't Thomas spiritual? Who? Thomas Ruchnis, yes. Okay, so but they don't tap into Thomas? Well, well, in a certain sense, yes, you know. Oh, but I, I, would, I don't know if I would call... Yes, in a, in a, in a, in a, maybe that way. They got, somebody can have a spiritual experience by tapping into Tumor, which is Zoyama. It's the pollution of the sun. Yes. So maybe that's the draw. That the neshama is drawn to Tumor. We can also tap into Zoyama. We can tap into the chef of the Rabbanu. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, they, 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 you know, you know, the, the, it's it's elusive. These ideas are very elusive and so on. But the, therefore, that's the difference, as far as I'm concerned, between all these phenomena and so on, and the mistakes that people make, you know, and so on. And you know, people, people, but people say, well, I, you know, I, I just ate this incredible steak. It was sublime. What a spiritual experience. <laughs> From the, from the cooking. From the cooking. Yeah, people say that. You know, this cooking is so good, it transcends. <laughs> you know, I'm sure the chef would like to hear that, but you know, what's up doing Ruchnitz? So what about the idea of Native American and Mesoamericans using... Um, Mesoamerican what? Indians? Mesoamerican, yeah, Central America, South America, using... Drugs? Psychoactive drugs to say to have them. What they do. Yeah, okay. You take LSD, you take coke. Coyotes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. into all that. It's simple. It's a mental experience. No, there's two dinam in the brain. There's the brain, the experience that the brain allows you to have, and that's how to generate that experience. Right? They generate experiences that the brain can give of enormous pleasure chemically. But it's possible to generate that ideas. Like I say, guy discovers something that nobody discovers, and he finally figure out something. There's no well. The, the truth is, there is a chemical reaction. You know, now that you know they got all these scans hooked up to the brain. Yeah, and they, and they actually see that there are things going on. The guy's thinking. You know, well, yeah, the different areas of the brain are light up. It's unbelievable. And science has now become much more familiar with the brain. The beta miles way of understanding it. You know. So all it is, it's a chemically induced experience. That's all it is. Is it spirituality? No. Again, remember, a person is capable of having emotionally you mean, a matter unbelievable of experiences. We have that once yeah. in a while, joy, ecstasy. You mean it goes away, that's the biggest right. Of course it goes it's away. Gone it's gone. It's gone, yeah. Well, because, look, let's face it, joy is some type of chemical, neuro neurological chemical reaction. That's all it is. You know, if you can find a chemical, you can be joy all day long. There's no ruchnius <coughs> in that. It's, it's the ability of the brain to give people an unbelievable feeling of joy, happiness, ecstasy, exhilaration. But it's not spiritual. It's innate ability of man to feel and to experience. Ruchnius is you need to tap into something which is a dimension called spiritual. If not, it's not spiritual. But the interesting, like I said, is that there's an in-between experience called mental. And that's what the religions of the East have tapped into, which is very interesting. But they do not tap into ruchnis. Are they capable? Of ruchnis? Yeah. Yes. They if they become, they yeah. If, if they become Jewish, they can tap into the shefa. Some do. Yeah.
you know, and so on. Anyway, so this is what the Ramchal says. So you need these, you need these um, situations, like I said, conditions, in order to create the whole concept of a task, you know, and all to allow you to do it through free will. And as a result of that, you become a first cause. And as a result of that, you now resemble God, the Rabbanu But what's unsolved is the connection. So what? You know, I want to tell you something. <coughs> always, the, the, the concept of explanation is always the connection. It's not enough to say, well, A is B. Look, fine. What's the relation between A and B? Nobody knows. See? And the Rambam doesn't mention Namlik Sufa, which is very interesting, because he does mention in Das Funus. And Namlik Sufa is a very famous concept, and so on. Why, you know, why Rambam chose not to put it here is uh, something you have to think about. You know, and so on. And why he... he but it, his, his concept of Dimyan is not sufficiently explained. Why do we have to resemble God? Where does, he get, true, where does he get these sites from? Well, there's probably... Well, the is the That's to emulate his ways. You know, and he, one of his ways is that he's perfect. But it has nothing to do with Eilam Habu, you said. Yeah, I mean, there's no clarity here. What's the connection between this and that? And I looked around for a Mephoshim, not too many Mephoshim, nobody even, nobody even talks about that. And mentioned that kind of concept. Anyway, that's what the Ramchal says, you know, so on. Okay, any questions? Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope we will hit the euro. What? No,